Well, good morning and welcome to our first service in December. Christmas is upon us. The trees are going up everywhere. I know that it's still too soon for some of you. Don't know what kind of people you are, but hey, I'm excited for Christmas at LCF. It's going to be phenomenal online together over this time. I know this is not Christmas as usual, but you know what? I'm going to pray a blessing over our Christmas before I get into our brand new Christmas campaign. I just want us to pause and take this moment because though it is unusual, I believe that we have been presented with an opportunity year after year. I will repeat the same line as many of us do, remember the reason for the season. And I think this year, we have got even more room to remember the reason for the season and keep Jesus at the center. My first word to you at the beginning of the year for us as a church was for us to be remaining and keeping Jesus at the center of all we do. And so I'm closing out with a similar word, really, because this year we've got, you know, probably less food to consume, less presents to buy, less family can come over, there's less church event, events to attend. And so I think it's actually more opportunity to keep Jesus at the center of our Christmas and so I'm going to grab it with both hands and so I want to pray because I know that for some of you this may be feeling a bit dreary or it might feel a little bit isolating but come on Lord I thank you for our church and I thank you for Christmas your birthday Jesus where remember your son that your son came the savior of the world and I just want to pray right now to every single church member and any honorary member that is looking in that Lord a blessing would come this Christmas an unusual unexpected Lord would you take us by surprise I pray right now for the person that is watching that is sat on their own that lives alone I ask Holy Spirit that you will flood their household with comfort with joy and laughter I pray right now for anyone that needs a healing, whether that's physical, emotional, or mental. Just put your hand now where you need your miracle. I pray, Jesus, for a breakthrough, for a healing this Christmas. In time for Christmas, would you touch their body? Lord, we know that you are the God of miracles. And I pray for families everywhere, for our church family specifically today, that Lord, you will breathe upon us and that this will be unexpectedly the best Christmas yet. If you believe that, claim it, say amen. If you sat with your family, it's not awkward, shout amen. If you're on your own, shout amen because there are angels around you that will join in with your amen declaration this morning. So I thank God because I think that we're up for a great Christmas, even though it's an unusual one. And uh, I am privileged to bring to us our Christmas campaign. It's kickoff day today. And our Christmas campaign is called the Christmas Lights or the Light of Christmas. Basically, we're campaigning the light of Jesus over this Christmas season. And you know, we probably do it every year. We're going to probably do it next year. But we're never going to stop proclaiming the light that is Jesus. It never gets old. We never get tired of it because he never gets tired of bringing us the light. And so if you've got your Bible, you can open up with me to 1 John chapter 1. And I'm going to be speaking today from verse 5. Just a couple of passages that I want to read through. And, you know, actually, as I first read this passage a while ago, I remember kind of being taken aback because the word liar 
and lies comes out of this passage a few times to which I thought, well, you know what? I really like it when the Bible is blunt and it tells us how it is. But I really took to that word because it repeated it quite a lot. Talked to us about being liars and how we have to kind of be careful that we're not living a lie. And as the church, we want to be committed to living in the light. And so this passage in 1 John, I think just sets us up really well to make sure that we are doing that really efficiently. So I want to bring out three points today from this passage. And so number one, one of the first things that we can see from this passage, as we read chapter uh, verse five, it says this, but this is the message we heard from Jesus. And now declare to you, God is light. And there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. So there was our first lie where it says that we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. Here is my first point. If we are going to be people that don't live a lie and live a light, we have got to remember to not live self-reliant. We can't be reliant on ourselves when practicing and being the light of Jesus in our world. I I think I, I often think of this as being like a wind-up torch. Sometimes in my Christian walk, um, it's almost like I've got this wind-up torch. These are a thing. Some of you didn't even realize they were a thing. And I did buy one to use as a prop to show you and demonstrate this point. But I actually snapped the handle because what happens with a wind-up torch is you've got to wind it up manually to get the power surge to light up the torch so that you can light up your path. And I was really going for it, trying to get the power in it to bring me some light through this little torch and it wasn't bright enough and I ended up snapping the handle so I haven't got it here to use today but that's exactly what can happen in our Christian walk. We can be putting all of our energy and all of our self-reliance into trying to light up our path manually using all of our energy and it sometimes gets to a point where we just snap because we were never built to light up our own path. We were never built to do our Christian journey on our own we were meant to be God reliant not self-reliant not even reliant on people the amount of times that my husband will tell me Becky I don't know who you think I am but I'm not God and I don't think I can take any more of your feelings or your problems you know the scripture does talk about sharing one another's burdens but actually the carrying of the burdens well that's God's job and sometimes we take that off him and we strike we try to carry our own burdens and we try and carry it along while trying to light up our own path and we live a Christian walk or life that is actually then built on a lie because that's how we start walking in the darkness when we were always supposed to be God reliant. The passage says that God is the light. God is the light. We're not the light. We never were the light. We're not the light. God has always been the light from the beginning of time. He's the light and it's his light. And, you know, I I often find it really confusing because I know I'm a Christian. I know I'm saved and I know therefore I've got the Holy Spirit within me and therefore I've got the light of Jesus within me. But then why is it that there are so many times that I lose my footing and I'm walking around in darkness? And that's what it says. I end up then living a lie. Why does that happen? But here's the point. 
Just because God is the light and God is always the light, it doesn't mean that we are always in our light, his light. We have got to put ourselves and commit daily to take his grace and put ourselves and position ourselves into the light of God because it was his light that we get to just be a part of. And he doesn't push it on us. And you know, the best way to light up your day and to consume and saturate your life with the light of God is to open the word. God is the word and he loved words so much that he put them all in a massive book called the Bible. And the Bible, his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And I think God must sometimes get so frustrated or upset when he looks down and he sees us all wandering around in darkness going I just wish they'd flick on the light for their day so they can see a little bit clearer so we've got to continuously be reliant on God because he is our light source and when I talk about him being the light source I'm not talking about any earthly metaphor no mere metaphor like a lamp I know the Bible talks about it being a lamp but that's a metaphor of his light of his light I know that as humans we made the light bulb and we, you know we make pretty Christmas tree lights, fairy lights, all that sort of stuff. But that is all man-made stuff. And sometimes we can deceive ourselves and thinking that we are the ones that created the light, but we never, never did. Even fire, when we light the fire, that fire didn't come from us. We didn't make the fire. God did. He is the source of all light. And it's powerful beyond any fluffy fairy light, beyond any lamp. I'm not even talking about the hot sun that is in the solar system. I'm talking about the sun that sits in front in heaven who is coming back with eyes of fire his kind of light is a force to be reckoned with it is beyond time and space and it's not like any mere metaphor that we see here on earth that portrays light they're just examples and so we have all this access to this powerful light but sometimes we kind of make it small by thinking that we are the light bearers all by ourselves and actually we get all of our strength and all of our energy to light up our path from Jesus and so therefore we don't have to have this manual torch that we are tiring ourselves out winding up just to get a few steps of light now we've got to put ourselves in the light of Jesus every single day because he is more than happy to do so he has the strength and the power search to do so and I know it's kind of like when I grew up in Sunday school I would sing this song it was like a Christian nursery um, rhyme that I think we still use today it went something like this this little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. And we sing it, and I think you know the song, and we probably still do it today. But I remember those words coming into my, my mind when I was reading this passage about God being the light. And um, I remember a while ago, just going to my kids' worker and youth worker at the time and saying, you know, tell me about these lyrics of this song, because we need to work something out here. Are these words actually scriptural? 
Where is it in the Bible that we, we have that word little when referring to the light of God? And as we chatted, we kind of concluded, well, I think because the song, the nursery rhyme was built for children to sing. We, we, you know, we're kind of showing them that they're little and they have this little light and they can be a little light for Jesus and shine. And, and I always remember kind of singing it at Christmas nativity plays with a little tiny flickering candle, like a little feeble one in my hand. And, you know, I remember a light bulb moment going on. As I was thinking about these things, and I went, aha, I think that we have been lying to our children. Because, you know, the light of God was never ever dependent on their stature. The light of God is not dependent on how big or how resourceful we are. The light of God is God's and it is massive and it's like we've put a boundary on it by calling it a little light you know even if you are little in stature even if you are a new Christian even if you are just five years old if you have got yourself immersed in the light of God there is nothing little about it let's not reduce it to our human thinking in fact the the light of God if we want to put a measurement on it let's go to the scriptures and find out an accurate measurement because actually the scriptures says that he is the light of the world. The world is a pretty big thing to go by with size. And, and, you know, we would then go on in that song to go, you know, this little light of mine, let's not let Satan blow it out. No, I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan blow it out. No, I'm going to let it. Like we're in fear of Satan blowing out our little candle light. Like he can blow out the light of God. Absolutely not. You know what? We've got to grow up in our song and our understanding and our thinking and get our reliance of light off ourselves and back on God. Because then when we come with that spirit and that attitude, we'll be saying, hey, Satan, you try and blow out this light. You know what? You can huff and you can puff and you're going to have a heart attack trying to blow out this light because the light that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. And I tell you, the light of God makes the pit of hell seem ice cold. We are no match. The light of God is no match for Satan. And so we don't have to wander around scared that it's going to blow out or flicker out when we are relying completely on God and committing ourselves afresh to being light bearers of his light. Number two, Number two, so we've got to be, you can't be self-reliant. If we want to live a lie and not a lie, we can't be self-reliant on ourselves. We've got to be God-reliant. Number two, we cannot be self-centered. If we want to live a lie, we've got to be God-centered. And the scripture says this, verse seven, but if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Here we go. Okay. When I read that, I remember thinking, well, you know, if we are living in the light as God is in the light, surely that just means we then have better fellowship with God. But actually, the scripture tells us if you're in the light as God is in the light, you actually have better fellowship with one another. Now, I think all across this year, we have been trying to recreate and reinvent and reprioritize how we fellowship as a church with our church buildings and our normal fellowship practices closing. And, you know, I actually think, you know, Zoom is a great idea. 
Online church is a great idea to help us fellowship. Life groups are a really important idea to help us fellowship. All of these things, reaching out to the community at Christmas with the word of God and with blessing is a really good idea to help us fellowship. But, you know, none of those things necessarily mean that we're not self-centered when we are producing the light from our lives. In fact, it says here, I think I found the actual answer to how we can have true fellowship with one another by simply being in the light of God. So when we are in the light of God, the light switch is on. The light switch comes on in our relationships, the light switch comes on in our day, and you know, even though we may do great things all of our life, that we might help needy people and live a great life, none of it means anything if the actual light of God is not switched on in our lives. You could be a good person, but if you go all of your days not acknowledging your actual existence of why you are here and the saviour that came so that you could be here and that you could go on living, you have gained the whole world but lost your soul. And sometimes we refer to that scripture, I don't want to gain the whole world but lose my soul. We refer to that for maybe negative things. I don't want to gain the things of this world but lose my soul. But, you know, even if you live a really great life but you don't acknowledge the light the source of our light, which is Jesus, you've still gained the whole world but lost your soul. It would have still been all for nothing. And so self-centeredness isn't necessarily a measurement of how much you involve or you give out to other people or measurement of your selflessness. Self-centeredness is when actually I think I know better. Self-centeredness is not acknowledging the reason you're here. Self-centeredness is when you remain in control and when you know better. Self-centeredness is all about when you are in control. Again, it's that self-reliantness on yourself and not on God. And actually, when we come into alignment with God and when we come into the actual light of God, our fellowship automatically is better. Because when we're in the light... God shines in a light on the people that are around us, the people that we are supposed to encounter. And then our days and our weeks are no longer normal and our interactions are no, no longer normal because the light is switched on on people that God wants us to go and have divine opportunity with and speak into. God sets up people that need to speak into our lives and to better our lives with the light of Jesus. And then as we move, we kind of move with this being and this spirit that says, let there be light, let there be light. And all of a sudden we're in our communities and we breathe let there be light let there be light as we're consumed and we're saturated with the light of God you know what do not underestimate how contagious the light of God is and don't be surprised when nations start to become on fire because of the infectious light of God that you are carrying wherever you move and wherever you go and then we start to rise up in us a different kind of song a song that moves beyond this little light of mine to a song that takes more dominion a song kind of like the lyrics of Graham Kendrick the glorious song of shine Jesus shine and as we move through light and we see people and we see people for the way God sees them and we see situations for the way God sees them we start to be able to speak truth and not lies and live in real truth with one another when we start singing shine Jesus shine 
fill this land with the Father's glory. Blaze, spirit blaze, because a roar gets in on the inside of us. Set our hearts on fire. Flow, river flow. Flood the nations. I told you, like, nations will be impacted by his light. And nations are pretty big because his light is pretty big. With grace and mercy, send forth your word. Lord, and let there be light. And so you get, you know what, it doesn't matter if you're not a good singer. You can still proclaim the light of Jesus with your voice and God will use your voice. But then you start moving into communities and nations and spaces and to people saying, let there be light, let there be light. It just kind of oozes off you into our families, into our communities, into our nations. And so then when we do extend our hand to the needy, when we do converse with our family and our friends and with the strangers that God sets upon our on our path. It doesn't come from any self-centered place, but it comes with true God-centeredness. God-centeredness. Centered and prioritizing the truth that is Jesus. And that's how we live, a lie and not a lie. And then thirdly, my last point is this. So we have that we can't live self-reliant but God-reliant. We can't live self-centered but God-centered. And thirdly, we've got to live in a way that is righteous. We cannot live self-righteous. In fact, when you put the word self in front of the word righteous, it has a completely different meaning. In fact, it doesn't mean the same thing at all. But his righteousness is what we've got to have all over our life. And we can't do that ourselves And sometimes when we try to, we slip into self-righteousness. Self-righteousness is when we think that we are without sin. I know as Christians, we hear this a lot in the church, and we've had a lot of understanding that we are sinners, but you know, there's a lot of people that still wouldn't associate themselves with that word, probably because of the way we've presented it as a church, like we, it's us and them. We're the sinless and you're the sinners, when actually that's not how it is at all, because we're all the same sinners, whether you're wearing a dog collar or a crop top. We're all sinners. In fact, when the people, when the, people, the Pharisees were saying to Jesus, why are you hanging around with sinners? I bet Jesus was like, well, which ones do you mean, you? Like, we are all, we're all falling short. We all get it wrong. We all need Jesus' righteousness because I am not right without him. And I can't be in right standing with God without his son, Jesus. And so we need his righteousness and we need to be careful of not falling into the trap, the lie of self-righteousness. And this is what the passage says at verse 7. But if we, and look out for the next lie. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. That was the last bit. And then come in at verse eight. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive our, give us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, here we go. We are calling God a liar. And showing that his word has no place in our hearts. See, we've gone up a gear now. Not only are we in danger of being a liar, but we're in danger of actually calling God a liar when we claim to be without sin, when we claim to not need him and his righteousness. Oh, God, forgive us. Because you know what? Even though I am a Christian, 
Even though I've been saved and that I, I encountered God as a young teenager, not only am I a Christian, I'm a Christian pastor, I still fall short of the glory of God daily. I still need God's righteousness daily. I still need him daily so that I can be right before him and even before others and my family. And God clothes, clothes us with his grace in his righteousness, not because of anything we have done or did, any good deeds, bad deeds. He just does it because of who he is. He clothes us, his sons and his daughters, with forgiveness, with grace and mercy. His mercy and his grace is fresh every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. I love that scripture. It's in Lamentations. And when God comes and he he cleanses us from our sin and he puts us in right standing with God. We no longer live a lie, but we live in the light. However, why is it then, and this is what I haven't come to always understand, why is it then that there are so many times that even me as a Christian pastor, I sometimes find myself losing my footing, stumbling into dark pits and wandering around sometimes in complete darkness. I make mistakes a lot. And there are even times that I have had this thought, this lie drop into my mind and in my spirit. And it is, it's come at the times when I think I've realized I have not switched the light on for a long time. And this thought comes to all of us, well, most of us that are human, now and then, where I just go, well, what if he's not real? What if none of this is real? What if my faith that I've been living is a lie? What if I get to the end of my days, Lord, and you're not standing there waiting for me? What if? It's one of the biggest lies that the enemy has against us. And in those moments, because we all have them, and I don't want you to be ashamed if you've had those moments, especially this year. Don't want you to be ashamed. Don't want you to feel guilty. I want us to remember that the enemy is a liar and he would love you to believe one of the greatest lies of all time, the existence of Jesus. And that is the truth. And he'd love you to see that as a lie, but it's not. Because the existence of Jesus, you can see him everywhere. You can see his fingerprints. You can see his light everywhere. But sometimes we are walking around in the darkness and we cannot see. And so when I've had a thought like that, I've just gone to God and I've gone, the light has obviously gone off and it's been far too long since I've opened and flipped open my word. And as soon as I go to my word, the word of God, it only takes a few passages because the spirit of God and your spirit within you does not need a lot of convincing before I go, oh, I can breathe and I can gasp. I've got my breath back. I can see, I can see, Lord, that you are real and I can feel you, Lord. Even when you go, God, are you real? God doesn't get angry at you. He goes, you know what? I'm very happy and I cannot wait to just reveal myself to you all over again. And every time I've asked that question, God, are you there? God, are you real? Uh, a, a memory will drop in my spirit of a miracle that happened later on in my life when my friend conceived by miraculous conception. Um, not like a Mary situation, but like when my friend conceived a baby, that was one of the memories, that miracle memories that God brought to mind in a moment when I was like, God, are you even real? One of the things that is, is so helpful is when I have that question, God, are you real? Because I can't feel you and I'm not even sure and this year has been crazy, is to go back to the day you decided 
to follow him. Back to the day where you first believed. Back to the day where you first saw the truth and the light switched on. Back to the day of my salvation where I say yes to Jesus. And often whenever I revisit the time that I remember as a 13-year-old girl saying yes to Jesus and seeing Jesus do miracle and miracle things in my life, seeing Jesus and hearing Jesus speak to me for my life, there are those other moments. Those are the moments that I realized, yes, I remember you're real. I remember this is the truth. And it doesn't take very long until my spirit is calmed and the light has gone back on again. And so if you've had those moments, and I think for some of you, it's like the light has been knocked out of you over these past few months. And I want to tell you that there's never been a better day or a better moment than right now to switch the light back on. God isn't mad at you. God actually just can't wait, like I said, to go, come on, let me reveal myself to you again. Let me breathe the fresh breath of God and life and light back into you. Come and get beneath my wings once again. Let me be your power source. Let me be your light source. Let me saturate you with my light. Jesus cannot wait. Father cannot wait to wrap you in his righteousness. We just have to remember to not get self-righteous, allow the enemy to speak lies over us and not to get hung up or feel guilty when we have had doubting thoughts. Let that be an opportunity for you to encounter God afresh, just like doubting Thomas. You see, Jesus was not, you know, he was not offended and he didn't shout at Thomas when he was like, I need to see that Jesus is risen again. In fact, Jesus went, you know what? Hey, I'm here. I'm happy to reveal myself to you. And not only that, you can, you can actually touch. You can actually feel me and see that I am real. Put your fingers in the palms of my hands. Jesus is like that. He's like, you know what? You can actually, I will let you see me and I will let you even touch me so allow those moments where we doubt God the most where the lies come up the most allow them to be our greatest encounters of light with Jesus to flood our eyes and our light and our path light and lamp and light up our path and all of that good light stuff you know what Christmas over this time we are not just campaigning the light of God we're not just doing this cute theme because it's relevant and Christmassy we're doing it because there is power in it And I believe that as a church, this can be a power surge for us and this can be preparation over this Christmas to really launch us and propel us into our 2021. As a church, I'm going to pray for us. If anyone is watching right now and you have never, ever accepted Jesus into your heart, you have never allowed the light of the world to come into your life. And I'm going to pray this prayer at the end. And I want you to join in if you know that you need to be a part of it or if you've never done it before. So Father, I thank you for every single person that is watching. I thank you, God, that this can be the best Christmas yet, that, Lord, your light and your power can flood our world, our communities, and even our homes, and even our hearts today, Lord. I pray for a fresh light upon each and every person that is watching, that, God, we would see more clearly as we venture out into this week. I thank you, God, that you sent your son and that you are the light of the world. I ask that, Lord, as we are living this life, that we would not live a lie, but we would live a light. That we would remember to not be self-reliant, but be God-reliant. To to not be self-centered, but to be God-centered. And to lastly, not to be self-righteous, but to carry your righteousness and be immersed in your righteousness, righteousness, God. I thank you that because of your son, we can be in right standing with you. And so I pray now 
for anybody that has never given their life to Jesus, has never allowed the light in the truth, the true faith light of Jesus to come into your life. And I pray for you now and just repeat this prayer after me. Father, I come to you today and I recognize that I am imperfect and that I am a sinner. And God, I don't want to walk in darkness anymore. I want to walk in the light. So Father, I thank you that you sent your son to die on a cross so that I could live in righteousness with you. I ask that you forgive me for all of my sin. Come into my heart today. And I pray that from this day forward, I no longer live a lie, but live as you intended me to live in step with you. Amen. Amen. Okay, well, I love you, church, and everyone, every guest that might be listening in. We love you too. You're an honorary member. And, you know, we're going to go back to um, the guys that are hosting the service today. But if you want anyone to pray with you, then there'll be an opportunity to do so in our chat. But get in touch. If there's anything that resonated with you today, if you have a question, then please get in touch with our, we've got email on Facebook, we're on all the platforms. It will be great. But we love you. Lots of love. And here's to the best Christmas yet.